0: Hey guys, this is Robert from Limitless Broadcasting. And Sammy. I was getting to you. (laughs) But we wanted to tell you some exciting news. We are going to be at the Indiana Comic Con March 22nd through the 24th.
1: That's going to be at the Indianapolis or... Indiana
0: Convention Center. In
1: Indianapolis. Let's do that.
0: (laughs) So, if you were going to the convention, please come over to the Limitless Broadcasting booth Mm -hmm. and say hello.
1: Yeah, I believe it was booth
0: 1710.
1: 1710. Yes. So, it's a huge convention. Yeah. Probably the biggest one I think we've been to. Yeah. This is going to be like Megacon. Yeah. Unfortunately, I will not be there in person. Robbie will be there... But he's going to have some uh, fun friends with him. Yes. Including, I believe, from Pixie Dust Twins, Ashley. First con for her.
0: And so if you're there, ask us about Rant Radio. Because you can win $1,000 from Limitless Broadcasting.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, very excited about that. And who doesn't love a good rant? Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we will, or I guess I should say Robbie, we'll see you soon at the Indiana Comic Convention. And what days... Are you going to be there one more time?
0: Uh, We're going to be there the 22nd to the 24th of March.
1: Mm -hmm. So we'll see you guys there soon.
0: We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie?
1: What's the boogeyman?
0: You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Showtime. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Robbie.
1: And I'm Sammy.
0: And today we are talking about Halloween 2018.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Finally.
0: Finally, after this long road
1: (sighs) In the last trilogy.
0: But for exciting news, we will have an episode dropping about scream six yes here soon we yes. saw it we're gonna go back and see it again because it was that good
1: mm-hmm. so if you
0: have not seen it we definitely recommend it yes I liked it probably is about the same as the first one
1: yeah it,
0: it definitely brings you back to the original scream
1: and if you remember we were not Big fans of the requel. Of the requel Scream 2022. I think it's funny that it was the requel and it was just Scream. And now we're like just kidding. Now we're calling it Scream Six for the new one. So they kinda kind of are still doing that idea, but kinda got away from that idea, you know? So
0: I think they understood they fucked up on the first one when mm-hmm. the the re the requel and they're yeah. going back and they're trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. I mean we'll get into this later but there's a lot of saving graces in that movie but Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it definitely go out and see it
1: yes we're going to see it again soon yes
0: and then we'll be dropping an episode
1: Mm -hmm.
0: we'll also be interviewing Nancy Ritter
1: okay yeah Mm -hmm. pretty
0: soon I'm I'm locking down dates with her
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going to try we're going to interview her and then we're going to get both of them back on Leonora mm-hmm. and her. Mm-hmm. So we're going to interview them together.: Leonora. Uh, Leonora. She's a hard name. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but and then we're trying to get into like Nev Campbell and all of that. I've been reaching out to their PR people, mm-hmm. but they actually want really real money, yeah to uh, do interviews and things like that. Yeah so yeah. We're trying. Mm-hmm. We're trying. All right. I've, I've reached out to some people from the Halloween franchises as well to try to get them to uh, do interviews, but mm-hmm. we're still small and so yeah. they don't really care about us. But exactly. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm begging and pleading. Mm-hmm. So.
1: You never know. You have to ask, right?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So now, Halloween 2018.
1: Yes. So technically, it's just Halloween because this is like a requil reboot. reboots of the franchise but everyone calls it halloween 2018 so we're not confused so (laughs) So there's halloween 1978 and then there's halloween 2018
0: so i want to say in the beginning if you don't know all the marketing behind the movie and you just watch it it's Mm -hmm. very confusing with
1: um lori lori
0: like where she fits into the photo and the picture and everything like that
1: essentially because all of the movies right when they done like their rebooting of Michael Myers have went back to one of the first movies most of them have said okay Halloween one from 1978 Halloween two those count and then we're moving on from there right usually right that's how they reboot this one actually said okay Halloween one yes Halloween two no no that is not a thing we are starting from Halloween one happened the babysitter murders occurred and michael got caught and then Lori obviously survived escaped and now we are 40 years later down the line where she's still obsessed with michael
0: so he got so basically what they're saying they got caught in episode one yes. or movie one
1: yes at and the that's
0: end. that's why he's in the, the same asylum
1: mm-hmm. yeah so that's why he got locked up again because they did catch him right so it is a bit different and like you were saying
0: I feel like
1: I was kind of saying this when we were rewatching it. I feel like if you're a big fan of the franchise of Michael Myers of the Halloween franchise, then you were kind of paying attention. How are they marketing this? What are they saying? They're saying they're doing like a reboot that Lori is, you know, hasn't the whole Halloween two with the hospital thing never happened. Lori's just out there still worried about Michael prepared to meet Michael. That whole thing. If you're like a, casual like it's a slasher movie let's go out it's a popcorn flick let's go see it i i don't know if you really care so much about the storyline like you probably are really just there to see michael kill some people which he does so you get your fix there and if you're a little lost on the storyline you're probably like it's one and done to you not a big deal i think the big nerds hardcore fans knew what was going into this true i kind of was thinking of it like this is not in the same realm at all but when we were recently talking about like harry potter so follow me okay we were talking with dan on the pixie dust twins because we're gonna be doing a whole summer of it so it's been a hot topic with me ashley and dan okay if you read the books then you went to the movies dan said like they made the movies the harry potter movies for the fans of the book because there are certain storylines in harry potter that you probably wouldn't understand or follow as well if you didn't read the book okay so I kind of think of it like this way if you kind of know the history of Michael Myers and what's happened and you follow the marketing and what's leading into this movie and what they're saying about it you're good like you're like I get it I understand what we're about to walk into I'm going to be able to follow this
0: and I understand that but I'm 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 kind of taking a different approach to it Mm -hmm. I'm I'm standing like if you're just walking in off the street right no nothing and you're like what's going on in this movie that's the approach i'm looking at
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i knew going into that how right everything is going to unfold but if you're just the casual guy that's saying oh i want to go see a movie today Mm -hmm. what am i going to watch
1: yeah because they don't really do anything in specific reference back to the original like they don't play you any clips or you no, know
0: they don't refresh your yeah memory. they don't do
1: that so they're really assuming that you have some sort of knowledge of the franchise to go into it right and you know that's what they chose to do you know
0: but you were also telling me and I might be jumping ahead they didn't think they were going to get another movie
1: they weren't sure yes I do have a note on that but yes they were not positive that they would be able to do more than one movie
0: okay yeah so all right let's jump into it
1: okay so got some fun taglines for you first one face your fate it's not bad 40 years later evil returns home so kind of set in the timeline a right little bit there. right yeah you don't believe in the boogeyman you should and that's actually a line from laurie that they threw in there as a tagline yeah and last one trick or treat so
0: what do you think about that one? Ah, uh, I mean. It reminds me of uh, Resurrection. Trigger treat, motherfucker.
1: I mean, yeah, it's a little vague, but it is accurate because, again, we are back on Halloween night, so.
0: They, I mean, in the movie, they have a lot of callbacks to... Other I
1: have those all listed other fra- too. Yes. other
0: movies in the franchise
1: yes I have a big long list of them so. <laughs> that we're going to go through all right so quick summary it's been 40 years since Lori Strode survived a vicious attack from crazed killer Michael Myers on Halloween night locked up in an institution Myers manages to escape when his bus transfer goes horribly wrong Lori now faces a terrifying showdown when the masked madman returns to Haddonville but this time she's ready for him this one is rated r for brief drug use bloody images imagine that imagine that horror violence language nudity genre again holiday horror mystery and thriller again I don't know about the mystery part but maybe I that seems to be one giant category is mystery and thriller that they keep throwing on this but I don't I don't know thriller yes mystery not so much no although I guess maybe there was a bit of a mystery in how he actually escaped so I don't know maybe you could say that so our director on this one is David Gordon Green producers we have 18
0: 18 producers when you first told me that that blew my mind
1: yeah a bit longer than we have ever had for any of these movies so we have Malik Akkad he's a producer Laura uh altman she is an associate producer bill block producer jason blum producer blumhouse Pictures. From, yeah i was gonna say if you recognize that name blumhouse pictures john carpenter executive producer he is back back ladies and gentlemen john carpenter officially he is not listed on here as i created the characters and get a credit for writing he is an actual I executive think he, producer. He, I
0: think he came back because he liked the story so well.
1: Yes, they talked to him about it and he was invited and I'm glad he accepted. Scott Clackham is an associate producer. Jamie Lee Curtis, executive producer. Get that money. Get Good that for money. you. Good for you, Jamie Lee Curtis. Zane Devine, executive producer. Ryan Freeman, executive producer. Sean Gowrie, co-producer. David Gordon Green, executive producer. Again, get that money, not just as a director. Good job. Danny McBride, executive producer. Rick Osco, co producer. Cooper Samuelson, executive producer. David Thwaites, executive producer. Ryan Turek, co producer. Jeanette Volturno, executive producer. Attila Salih sir, co producer.
0: So we got to congratulate Jamie Lynn Curtis for winning an Oscar.
1: Yes, that just happened. Yeah. Yes, for everything everywhere all all at once once. i hope i got that right that title's so congratulations to her yes and she had this great video that i reposted on our instagram if you haven't checked it out and basically like at the sag Awards. so this is not the oscars but it's award season right so at the sag awards they do this great thing because it's put on by the actors and they were going around and they were introducing themselves and you know they say i am an actor and she does this great speech about how she was cast in a movie that her dad was acting in and she, it's pretty funny because she re- recognizes the nepotism in that and then she was fired and she thought it was like you know
0: she got I didn't hear this yes
1: so. uh you should check it out so she got fired from that but it turned out to be the best thing ever because then she went yeah. and auditioned for a little movie called Halloween that changed her life and I was just like oh it was great and yeah so I had to I'll repost that because it was amazing but, but congratulations, yeah congratulations sir. on your Oscar win lady and that's pretty cool all right writers on this one we got john carpenter again gets credit based on characters created by same thing for the late deborah hill jeff fradley wrote the thing danny mcbride also wrote the thing and david gordon green also a writer so he was heavily involved in it which is super cool cinematographer we have michael simmons who actually becomes the dp in the next two films because I looked ahead to see, and I was like, mm, this is it the same cinematographer for all the movies? But DP is a promotion, right? Director photographer. Photography. Our, yeah. Yeah, so he got a promotion yep. for the next two. Yep. So he's still around.
0: So, I mean, they had the same team mm-hmm. on all three films. So there's none of this clusterfuck that happened beforehand.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
0: really great.
1: This movie was released on October 19, 2018. So we are back at the Halloween season, as I feel like they always should be. Its budget was an estimated $10 million.
0: $10 milli.
1: Which, again, I just, over on the Pixie Dust ones, we we've been doing Marvel. So those budgets on those movies have been like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Millions of, of millions
0: dollars. of
1: dollars. So when I saw this, I was like, that's low because it's just it's such a night and day thing because they don't have the same CGI budget and all that
0: absolutely not all
1: right so 10 million for the budget it's gross in U.S. and Canada it made 159.3 million so I guess it made it back yeah a couple times over yeah and it's opening weekend it actually made 76.2 million yeah so opening weekend it kind of recovered that yeah that budget which i'm not surprised this was super hyped i remember in 2018 everyone was ready to go see it
0: because it was just coming back Mm
1: -hmm. that's a big deal
0: i mean it was just lori was back Mm -hmm. um john carpenter was back yep you couldn't go wrong
1: This one has a runtime of an hour and 46 minutes, and we are distributed by Universal. They have snatched it back up.
0: Because they knew, they knew that this was going to be something. But the Mm -hmm. funny thing is, is you can't find this on the Universal uh, streaming app.
1: I am very confused about these deals these freaking companies make, because it was chilling out on on Peacock for a long time, and now it has moved over. It seems to be on Amazon. Yes. so they clearly have a distribution deal with them I'm
0: sure you have to rent it
1: but it's fine we just watched our blu-ray. we have the dvds well, blu-ray because so. you know
0: Rabuji. it's 2018 Rabuji.
1: it's not dvd it's a blu-ray yeah all right so camera there's a bunch listed for this so an airy alexa mini okay a cook anamorphic okay sf and a hawk v light lenses um Aerie Alexa S XT. I don't even know what that is.
0: Uh, it's a great camera.
1: Uh, Cook anamorphic, anamorphic and a lenses. Hawk V light lenses. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So, we have moved up our uh, Production camera budget. game in this a little bit too. Very much so. All right. So, ratings. This one sits at a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Critics, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, gave it a 79% and it sits with a 71% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's actually not, I thought it might be a little higher, but you know, I don't know. Again, you have everyone rating it. So like you were saying, if you went into the movie and you didn't really know what was going on, you might be like, well, like he killed people, but I didn't understand the storyline. So yeah, I get that. All right. So we got stellar cast. We got Jamie Lee Curtis back as Laurie Strode. Judy Greer is Karen Nelson, who is Jamie Lee Curtis, aka Laurie's estranged daughter. Sophia Miller of does appear as a young Karen at one point, just very briefly mm-hmm. in the film. Andy Matichek as Allison Nelson, who is Karen's daughter and Laurie's granddaughter. James Jude Courtney is our Michael Myers, aka The Shape. Nick Castle makes an appearance as Michael Myers in this one he does a cameo if you didn't know and I'm not sure you can just tell by looking at the screen because he only appears in a window scene so he's high up above probably hard to tell it's a different Michael and right. he provided breathing sounds
0: I'm sure he got paid very well to do the breathing sounds you don't
1: invite him back and then not him pay him well I'm, I'm just saying um let's see we have Huluk Bill Skinner, I'm sorry, I totally butchered that, as Dr. Sartain, that's Michael's psychiatrist, and he was a former student of Dr. Loomis, so he's the one kind of in charge of Michael. Will Patton is Deputy Frank Hawkins, who teams up with Lori in this, and they referenced him as being in the original movie. He was the one who supposedly let Michael get away.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. they made a big deal out of that. Uh, Ryan Reese is Dana Haynes, who's one of the podcasters at the beginning. And Jefferson Hall is Aaron Corey, who's another, who's the other podcaster. So they're the the couple, the couple that are doing the podcast. Toby Huss is Rain Nelson, who's Karen's husband and Allison's father. Rest in peace. And <laughs> that's
0: unfortunate. I don't think you, do you did not
1: make it very long. And well, you made a while it in the movie, in but the movie. not in the franchise. Uh, Virginia Gardner is Vicky, Allison's best friend. Dylan Arnold is Cameron, Allison's stupid boyfriend and son of Lonnie and miles robbins is dave vicky's boyfriend and then loomis is voiced by colin mahan because i looked it up because i was just like well obviously he couldn't do the sound for this so filming locations this was in charleston south carolina okay so yeah they filmed at the magnolia cemetery trust that was featured as the Haddonfield cemetery The Military Magnet Academy was Smith's Grove Sanitarium, where Michael was being held in the courtyard. That was a very cool looking place, by the way. (laughs) Yeah,
0: very much so. Yeah.
1: Danny Jones Complex Armory was used as Haddonfield High School. And then there are, as far as like the houses that were featured, a lot of them were on Fenwick Drive. So if you're looking to go drive around South Carolina and Charleston.
0: It's funny how they can shoot in uh utah and then be in carolina and all kind of make it all match together
1: mm-hmm. yeah just pop all over the place all right you want some filming facts yep okay so the film's producers one one of the producers is malika Cod. as i said he was the first one listed he is the son of mustafa Cod. if you'll remember he's been named in every one of these movies he was way at the beginning helped get the franchise off the, the off boat the ground yeah off the ground there we go so, um, Mustafa Akkad was actually murdered along with his daughter, Rima, who be Malik's sister, in the terrorist bombing of Amman, Jordan. Um, they were at a hotel there in 2005. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yes. And Jamie Lee Curtis has recounted how the first person she saw when she came to set on the first day of filming was Malik, and she remembered him as a seven-year-old child visiting the set during production of the very first film. And she said that seeing him for the first time brought tears to her eyes because, you know, in remembering his dad and in the history. So, yeah, I did not know that either. I knew he had passed, but I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I didn't
0: know he got wet. It
1: wasn't like, like illness or something like he got bombed. That's insane. Crazy. So after failing to develop a new Halloween film in time, Dimension Films lost the production rights for a sequel, which reverted back to Miramax. Which then joined with Blumhouse Productions. In May 2016, a new installment was officially announced with original co creator John Carpenter's involvement as a composer, executive producer, and creative consultant. Principal photography commenced on January 13th, 2018, in South Carolina, and they finished by February 19th. Okay. So, not too long. It was like a 28 day uh, shoot. 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 Yeah. The role of Allison, Lori's granddaughter, became somewhat of a coveted role. Multiple popular actresses, including Lucy Hale and Emma Roberts, met with Danny McBride to personally talk about the movie, but the studio decided that they wanted to go back to the roots of the first movie and cast an unknown actress, similar to how Jamie Lee Curtis was cast in the what original.
0: The, well, that's cool.
1: And I thought that was very cool, too, that they they allowed her to be in that because of what they wanted to do yeah. with the film. So Danny McBride said that they originally planned to do two back-to-back movies, but they decided to scale it back to one film. We were like, let's learn from this, see what works, and see what doesn't. But we definitely have an idea where we would go with this branch of the story and hope we get a chance to do it. And they did. did. Surprise. Spoiler. There's two more movies that came out of this. Uh, Throughout the film, several characters talk about Cameron's dad, Lonnie, and what a troublemaker he was and continues to be. In the original Halloween, Lonnie Elm, uh, Elam was a sixth grade bully who constantly harassed Tommy Doyle, the boy that Lori was babysitting.
0: Isn't he the one that knocked his pumpkin down?
1: Yes. So he would later he be like scared by man. Dr. Loomis outside the Myers house. So yes. So that is the tie in there. So Cameron's dad is Lonnie the asshole from the first one. Okay. Yeah. Shouldn't, no. date, shouldn't date him. No he's a jerk just saying allison but anyway okay so this is the first halloween movie to be shot in or shot digitally instead of on film
0: but they probably edited it to look like well isn't
1: that like what you do yeah (laughs) you don't shoot on film but you make it look like it was on film to save
0: money Mm -hmm. but you have a 10 million dollar budget so i don't know why you just don't cop the film anyway
1: i don't know Working titles for this movie included Halloween Returns, Halloween H four O, 40 years later. Ah uh-huh. ah, get it. Like it, H2O. Yeah. It's hilarious. And Halloween The Wrath of Michael Myers.
0: That would have been a cool title.
1: Yeah, I like the last one. Yeah. But it's okay. What they did was fine. Yeah. So we got some horror movie references. Okay. This is where we're gonna get our list. Of what we are paying homage to, from not just the first Halloween film, not just the second Halloween film, but like all the damn Halloween films, even though this one is pretending that essentially none of them exist. Exactly. But we have references to them. It's very funny to me. So they still are paying some sort of tribute to the the contributions before them. So first one, the bus crash with Smith's Grove's patients wandering around is similar to the opening scene of Halloween 1978, where Loomis arrives to Smith's Grove and then there's just the random patients walking around.
0: Right. And it's raining and everything like that. Yeah.
1: Same kind of vibe. Yeah. Very creepy. The young boy is killed in the same fashion, almost exactly as Annie Brackett was in the original Halloween, except he also got a knife slashed to the throat. So you remember she was also killed in her car. Yes, yeah. So, trick or treaters can be heard singing the nursery rhyme from the opening of Halloween when Michael is about to kill the neighbor with the ha- with the hammer. So
0: I gotta go back and rewatch that. I, I know. Can...
1: I was like, I can't even remember all these. Um, and trick or treaters can be seen wearing three silver shamrock masks from Halloween po- Three. See, even point- Halloween Three. Made we it.
0: pointed that out.
1: We did. We noticed that. But even Halloween Three got its cameo in here. The kids walking down the street is similar to the original Halloween film of Annie, Lori, and Linda walking home. So when the girls are walking and gossiping, they kind of set it up the same sort of way that they did in the first one. The gas station is similar and set up to the gas station in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. I think I also read it was like basically an exact replica. Like literally like the outside or whatever is like the exact same thing. Okay. Not the same set they had to rebuild it, but you know, the same way um aaron the male journalist is killed in the same way as joe grizzly in the rob zombie halloween so we're even referencing them because he got slammed you know he slammed his head over and over um the but bathroom. yeah mm-hmm, yeah but they did not in this movie he didn't get stabbed so nope yeah but we even referenced Zo- rob zombies versions of the halloween franchise which we didn't talk about but we will we, we will told you we'll get
0: in that when we do yeah. rob zombie and his bulk of films
1: Vicky has a sheet placed over her, like how Michael wore over himself in Halloween. Yes. In 1978. And the body under the ghost sheet and the pumpkin in the fish tank are not the murder of Linda in the, hol- the original Halloween. Um, it's similar because there was a carved Halloween pumpkin besides um, the wallet, beside the Wallace Master Bed when Linda died. So, again, another reference there. Vicky's boyfriend is impaled by a large knife in a similar fashion, how Bob is killed in Halloween 1978. And Julian runs out to get help screaming the same way Lindsay and Tommy did in the original Halloween. So there's a lot, a lot of references yeah. to the very first one. So, yeah, the two cops outside of Lori's home is referenced to the two cops that were outside of the farm party in Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers. Yes. Mm hmm. Michael is apparently burned in the ending like he was in Halloween, too. Okay. Once again, supposedly burned to death. Lori falls off a balcony and is later seen missing, just like how the original Halloween ended. You remember, right? Michael mm-hmm. falls off the balcony and then ooh, they play the same music, too. That's what got me is the way like when you looked back, it had that little like, you know, mm-hmm. thing they do with Michael and they did it the exact same way they did it for him. And I thought it was hilarious because now Lori's like, turned the tables on Michael. Uh, When Michael kills his doctor, he does so in the same way that Michael kills the bouncer in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. So another Rob Zombie reference right there. The father who finds the crash bus with his son has his neck broken in a similar way to the trucker in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Um, It's in the producer's cut, though, so you may not have seen it, depending on what freaking version of that damn movie you watched and much like michael did in halloween resurrection um by using his home as a way to like kill people Mm -hmm. this is like a little bit of a stretch in my opinion but he you know, hides out there and then he murders all the the stupid people there. They're filming the reality show. They're saying entertainment. Yes. Lori uses her home to kill Michael. And to lead him in. Which I think it's a bit different because Lori's house is a whole nother level than Michael just living in the basement. But oh yeah.
0: Very much so. That's
1: just my opinion. I don't know if that's real.
0: Very much so.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, Dana's um, bathroom stall encounter with Michael Myers pays homage to Halloween H2O. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, in which the traveling mother, Claudia, has the
0: a... her car but stolen.
1: luckily, that mother from H2O didn't get it.
0: Yeah, she got to survive.
1: Dana, not so much. Not so much. Sorry, didn't work out for you when michael kills the woman with a hammer she's wearing her hair in curlers and a red bathrobe and there's a cutting board with him and the big chef's knife on it and this is a nod to the scene in halloween 2 where michael steals the kitchen knife from mrs elrod um who's also in curlers and a bathrobe while she's cutting up the ham on a cutting board i got that one i was like oh this is like the halloween 2 reference so yeah hopefully that's all of them i don't know but yeah.
0: the list could go on and on it but was a that's, a, that's a big chunk of them
1: it was a lot Whew. okay so other horror references um in the the bedroom with the little boy that's being babysat mm-hmm. i don't know if you noticed this but he has a rotating lamp that features a clown with a knife which is kind of an allusion back to michael yeah, right. as a child which Why the fuck do you buy a kid
0: do you actually see the clown
1: yes i looked when when we were watching it i didn't notice that i looked because i was like that can't be a real thing and there's like literally like a little outline of like a clown looking dude with a knife why would you buy
0: that for your kid
1: i okay to be fair i did think about this and i was like why would you do that and then i was like we would probably do that so i mean maybe we're those people
0: we probably would be (laughs)
1: so then i was like like, i guess i shouldn't judge because we would be those people I no, buy that.
0: we absolutely would. So let's, <laughs> let's continue. Let's
1: just stop discussing this. Okay. Um, on the TV, a newscaster can be heard describing the events of the original film as the Babysitter Murders, which is the title that uh, John Carpenter originally wanted for Halloween 1978. But, you know, then they changed right. it and updated it. So, the studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The date that the film is released in the UK and USA is the day that Michael Myers is born, October 19th. There you go. Happy birthday, Michael.
0: Happy birthday.
1: Not everybody wants you to die, you stupid fuck, but you know, <laughs> happy birthday anyway. A radio call coming over the police band mentions a disturbance at 707 Meridian, which is a tribute to the real life original address of the Myers House in Halloween 1978, before it was moved a few blocks down. So there you go. That's something I
0: I didn't know that did either. Not,
1: did not know, but very cool little trivia that they stuck in there. Two kids bump into Michael before he grabs a hammer from the garage. One kid is shouldering a toy boombox. And it's a tribute to a scene in Halloween 2 where Michael, who was played by Dick Warlock in that movie, is bumped into by Dick Warlock's real-life son, Lance, carrying a boombox.
0: Really? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. So they did like a little, you know, a little callback to that. The dollhouse at Laurie Strode's house is similar to the house that Michael Myers grew up in. So if you look at the dollhouse, it looks similar to the the Myers house. Okay. I think it's like blue. I think if I remember right. So like the color is different, but the shape and stuff, it does very much look like the I Michael Myers know house. That either. Yeah. Illustrations of Dr. Samuel Loomis appear amongst Aaron's collected files on Michael Myers, which makes sense and a good way to honor our late great our Donald Pleasance. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. When Laurie takes the phone from her daughter, Karen, to leave a voicemail for her granddaughter, she says the iconic do as I say line that she has said more than once in a couple of these movies, but especially memorable in the first one. Right. Do as I say. Yeah. Still given the bossy orders, you know, after all these years. Yep. Many things that Michael did in Halloween 1978, Lori actually does in the 2018 version. So as we said, Michael shot off a balcony in the original, but then he disappears. In the new vision, version, Lori is thrown off a balcony. And when she when he goes back to check, she has disappeared. He's gone. In the original, Michael found Lori hiding inside of a closet. In the new version, Lori actually thinks he's hiding inside of the closet. He's not, but the closet looks basically the same. It's not yeah. white. Yeah, like slats. Yeah, it's like the same vibe. And Lori also appears from the shadows behind Michael in the newer version, just as Michael did to her in the original. Also, she stands outside of the school looking from across the street, just like Michael did to her. I love that scene because like with the granddaughter sitting there, and she looks out and it's the same freaking idea. Yep. And they've done this again cuz they did it in like H2O, H2O as well, but yep. but it's something it's something so like iconic and I don't know. I, I love the twist come on to it. I expect that in Halloween movies. But I love the twist where she looks out and you're like it's going to be Michael," really cool, and it's it's her. not, it's her grandmother. Mhm. So I thought that was clever. I liked that. Uh, let's see. So when Allison walks down the street with her friends, Dave claims to have heard that Laurie Strud was Michael Myers' younger sister, but Vicky says it was made up by some people to make themselves feel better. And I have that exact quote, I believe, later, but yeah, I thought that was a way to, like, acknowledge it, but say, like, we're not doing that.
0: Right, okay. <laughs> this is not
1: a thing in this universe. Sorry, guys. Okay. We're not doing this. In the scene, this is what we were just talking about. In the scene where Allison is in class, she's sitting in the far right corner, exactly where her grandmother, Lori, was sitting in Halloween 1978. Both scenes have the same lesson. It's on Frankel's fates. And the teacher is actually played by PJ Souls, who played Linda in the 1978 film. Okay. And then, as we just said, Lori is across the road, where in the first one, it was Michael. So, yeah, I thought that was very cool. Um all right so you want some killer facts now yep let's okay hear it. so as with the original halloween 1978 michael myers is listed in the credits not as michael but as the, the shape, shape which i think they should always do
0: yeah absolutely i
1: mean just go back to what you did for the first one right
0: if it's Call not broken don't fix it right
1: this is the first film in the series to use multiple masks with slightly varied cracks wrinkles hairstyle etc many people thought the original film used different masks and while there were three each of them was basically exactly the same they weren't any different so for this one they had a hero mask that James Jude Courtney wore a lot another was a stunt mask that got screen use by Nick so when he made his cameo and also was kind of a standby for various obviously stunt shots and whatnot and then a third one was like a set dressing so it's Like when the doctor takes it out of the bag at the beginning and, you know, when they're like waving it around at Michael, which I would not do if I was that close to him. But, you know, it was just like an extra one. So it wasn't really worn is essentially what I gathered from that. It was just kind of set dressing. And actor James Jude Courtney, who plays The Shape, consulted with real life killers on how to kill people so that he would be more believable.
0: Really? That's kind of funny.
1: And I was like, okay, dude, that's. That's you go pretty above cool. and beyond for your role, right? In his own words, he said, Michael has been locked up for 40 years, so he's had a long time to think about killing, but obviously he's still efficient and driven, so I wanted to make sure people saw that in my performance. There's a stealth efficiency to the way an actual trained killer works. Movies tend to dilute that quality with dramatic pauses and dialogue, which a true predator wouldn't waste time doing. That efficiency is what I took to the part of Michael Myers. I agree with that, and I think that's very cool and I do enjoy James James's portrayal yeah of Michael I think he did a good job. His uh, let's see so Nick Castle, as we said, he makes a cameo in this movie so his cameo in this film makes the then seven year old Nick Castle, the oldest actor to play Michael Myers.
0: I can understand why you only looked out the window as the shape
1: yeah I mean yeah he's getting kind
0: of old to do a little
1: older to be doing all the the nonsense that is required for Michael he is also the third actor to play him more than once behind the late great George P Wilbur who played him in Halloween 4 and Halloween the curse of Michael Myers and then Tyler Maine who was in Hol- Rob Zombie's Halloween 2007 and Halloween 2.
0: okay so yeah
1: there you go so that's very cool and this is the first Halloween film to feature an adult Michael Myers murdering an actual child. And you said you're yeah. we watching it because you know it's been a minute With, since you watched it. You're like, does he kill him? And I was like, yeah, he does. Yep. And this is the first time. So yeah, getting a little more brutal. Yeah, but it's good. Good makes yeah. a good movie. Absolutely. Okay, so we have eighteen deaths. Okay, in this movie, eighteen so we got a police officer number one you know he's just he's dead yeah yeah we found him he's dead from the bus yeah um Kevin had his neck broken against a car window car window uh police officer number two again we found him dead Kevin's dad had his neck broken pretty brutal looking the way that he uh like twisted him and stuff it was pretty gross the gas station clerk had his jaw ripped open okay this is from dead meat wiki I always have to give them credit when we're doing this, because some of their descriptions. So I'm gonna read exactly what Dead Meat Wiki said: gas station clerk, jaw ripped open like a motherfucker.
0: Like a motherfucker.
1: <laughs> and I was like that's dying funny. when I read this, because that's accurate. It's very disgusting when you see him just like, oh ugh. ugh. It, that that image is in my head. The mechanic was beaten to death. Aaron had his he head
0: bludgeoned to death.
1: Aaron had his head bashed 10 times against the wall in the door. I think it's great that they counted one, two, yeah, 10, 10 times. Dana had her neck broken. Gina was beaten to death with a hammer.
0: She was bludgeoned to death.
1: You like that word bludgeoned. I think so. it's
0: Pops beaten to death, bludgeoned, to, bludgeoned
1: death. to death. Okay. Andrea was stabbed through the back of the neck. Vicky was stabbed two times with a knife. Dave was found pinned to the wall with a knife.
0: Yes. like we said
1: like bob back yeah oscar was stabbed in the back and impaled through the chin on the fence post
0: yes he ah, was that was pretty, pretty gross
1: brutal. yeah that one was impaled there you go there's another good word for you impaled and you know what the best part of that was though like the imagery with that one too because he had like the double horns and stuff on mm-hmm. so the shadow of it i don't know i just think it made it even better too like even just the outline of like seeing it yeah Okay, Doctor Sartina. As we said, his head was stomped too much. Yes, <laughs> very accurate description. Duny wiki. Thank you for that. Officer Richards was stabbed in the head. Officer Francis, Officer Francis was straight up Jack O' Lanterns. <laughs> oh yeah. my God, I love these descriptions so much. This is why I don't do this myself because I found them and they are amazing. Ray Nelson was garroted by Michael until his neck broke. And Frank Hawkins, not not by Michael, but was stabbed in the neck with a penknife by that stupid asshole Sartain. Right. But, but as we die. know, it looks like he died. And then, just kidding, he's he's alive in the next one. But it, and technically, in this one, it they just leave him there, and he like backs over him or drives over him with the car a little bit, so it's like uh, he's dead. But right, he made it, and he pulls he made it, it. Yeah. So he he shall live for another movie, but. in this it does yeah another two movies and it does seem like he's dead though in this one so that's why he made the list okay like 17 and a half okay if we want to be particular about it all right so special effects so um, the intro the pumpkin is back remember it disappeared we talked about that yes so to achieve the intro sequence where this pumpkin instead of decaying comes back up david gordon green revealed that they used a normal pumpkin they put it in front of a camera and then filmed it for a couple weeks until it rotted really yep okay. and then they just reversed it
0: okay that's kind of cool
1: yeah so it's a real life disgusting ass pumpkin can you imagine actually
0: doing that and letting it just rot
1: and then the pa has to go like deal with it okay yes. we filmed it so i need you to dispose of this I need disgusting you to clean thing it up. yes it's like no, oh, so gross redesigning the michael myers mask is not something to be taken lightly and david gordon green knew that they had to do it right so to get the job done he turned to oscar-winning fx and makeup artist christopher nelson who has worked on suicide squad kill bill volume one and a bunch of other stuff and he is a self-professed halloween diehard. so he took the opportunity of a lifetime and ran with it
0: i will have to tell you i think this halloween mask is the best in the franchise
1: i can't remember if i like this one or kills better so i will come back to it but as of if as we're of going right based now, on what we've watched this is my favorite yes
0: as of right now
1: well yeah i think i do like even better than the like yes. original no I, I agree i think i like i think the, the hair beat up falls look of it the and stuff.
0: eyes mm-hmm. i think as of right now mm-hmm this is the best one. And we'll it could do, be different in Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, but as of right now, but as of right now, this is the best mask,
1: and we will do a a, a breakdown. Yes, in our very last episode of this season. Uh, so, when asked what the directive was um, that was given by David Gordon Green in terms of nailing the essence of Michael Myers and how they wanted the mask to look, uh, Christopher Nelson said it was: "Let's not put." our own spin on it. So we can put our own spin on it in other aspects of the film and other departments, um, but let's not put our own spin on Michael Myers. So again, we're approaching it with a passion and as if we're huge fans of the original, which they are, which is true. Everybody in the project were very passionate fans of Halloween and we all went into it with a collaborative, passionate thing. So that was the directive. Let's not put our own spin on it. Let's give everybody what they want. Let's make it what we want um what we want to see and how we want to see it and still after 40 years of dwelling on that original mask we've had 40 years to do it so basically that's great yeah that that's the way that they looked at it so let's let's not fuck around like they did with some of the other movies and i appreciate that which is probably why this is a big hit with most fans yes the mask and meaning the mask there's not complaints about it like we've seen For costume fittings of the coveralls, James Judy Courtney wore a Night Owl Production Creep Michael Myers mask. And Night Owl Productions is the personal effects studio of Justin Mabry, who helped sculpt the mask in this movie. Mabry Mabry himself has long been active in the Michael Myers mask collecting community, and he is the co-founder of Trick or Treat Studios
0: trick-or-treat studios and trick-or-treat
1: studios if you look it up are big time producers of all of the michael myers masks that you can purchase for your own halloween collection
0: i did not know that
1: look them up trick-or-treat studios has a lot of cool halloween stuff yeah props whenever yeah but they make a lot of these they make all of the stupid shamrock movie masks and stuff i believe now all of that is owned by them so
0: that's very cool cool. they're very
1: cool coming and i think kevin knows someone who works there or owns it or something that's pretty cool Mm, have to ask him but I'm pretty sure Kevin said that
0: that's really cool
1: very cool so Jamie Lee Curtis revealed to Chris Hardwick on his podcast that she performed the sounds of the baby crying when Michael walks through the house after slaughtering the resident with a hammer and I thought that was just interesting yeah yeah I didn't I didn't have much else for the comment on that I just was like that's weird okay so finally our last bit of general trivia this became the highest grossing halloween film its opening weekend no shit. that makes sense yeah from the original halloween cast we had jamie lee curtis nick castle and pj souls return as we said and john carpenter came back as an executive producer and he is credited for the music score and although carpenter generally prefers not to be personally involved in the sequels and remakes of his own works He usually just accepts the screenplay, you know, credit. Producer Jason Blum convinced him into taking a more active role in the movie as a spiritual advisor. As
0: a spiritual advisor, okay. Carpenter
1: met director David Gordon Green and writer Danny McBride loved their pitch of the story and then contributed with several script ideas. So he was very happily a part of this movie, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Halloween 2018 was the biggest horror movie opening with a female lead. Biggest movie opening... With a female lead over 55 and biggest opening for any of the Halloween films, as we just said. It was also the second biggest horror movie opening ever after It from 2017. Oh, okay. And it was the second biggest October opening ever after Venom.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Now that was as of like 2018. So that may have changed. But at the time, these were the stats.
0: Wow, When this movie
1: came out. Jamie Lee Curtis credits this film as living up to the original, and I would agree. I agree with her. Uh, while the film ignores all previous sequels and reboots, it pays homage to all of the Halloween films, and that was intended by co writer Danny McBride. So I don't know if he was the sole reason that got in there, but they specifically mentioned him. So he may push to
0: sneak yeah. some of that stuff in there. I think it makes uh, the the script better. And I movie like those. Better. Everyone
1: loves nods to stuff. Yeah. Honestly, whether it's other horror movies or whether it's your past
0: mm-hmm. horror movies.
1: And they did a lot of Michael Myers references. We weren't really like Scream loves to go outside of itself and reference like all the yeah. general Halloween movies, but um, or horror movies. But this one went back to all of the collection of Halloween stuff that it could get into. Yeah. So Jamie Lee Curtis, as we said, returns this film, which means she has portrayed Lori in five films you know now it's more but as of right so
0: So she was in
1: halloween 78 halloween 2 halloween h2o halloween resurrection so that's four and then this one was five and then yeah the last two that we know she's in seven she was also the voice if you remember of santa maria the curfew announcer and telephone operator in halloween three but she was uncredited so technically I'm, sure, it,
0: I'm sure she got paid for it, even is. though she was uncredited. Yeah. I'm sure she got paid for it. But
1: technically, she was in eight movies. So there you go. The music is composed, as we said, by John Carpenter and his son, Cody, and his godson, Daniel Davies. And the trio had previously collaborated on John Carpenter's Lost Themes and Lost Themes 2 albums. That's that was cool. Like a little family affair. Doing the A lot of music. nepotism
0: in Hollywood.
1: It is, as we've said. This is distributed again, as we said, by Universal Pictures, which is their first involvement with Halloween since Halloween two and Halloween three. When they say, get the fuck out of here, you are not doing a good job. I don't want to be part of this.
0: Now they now they welcome it with open arms.
1: Now, like, yes, please, please come. Producer Jason Blum and his distributing company Blumhouse. This is their first major horror icon film. They do a lot of horror films, but they don't always deal with like the icons. Right. So now they do.
0: I they I'm an exclusive
1: deal. they, they got that money. This um, is the first, as we said, Halloween film to be released in October since Halloween five, which the much better decision. You're right, you yeah. know, trick or treat studios obtained the official costume licensing rights for this film. So, as I said, there you go. And all of the police vehicles have the sign of Warren County. Warren County is where Western Kentucky University is located and this is where john carpenter went to college okay it's a little nod in
0: i wonder if he liked being back in town to film it i doubt he was actually on set
1: well this is this was filmed in north carolina the homage is to kentucky right so right different
0: no i got you
1: yeah different places okay so we got some quotes so first one laurie happy halloween michael and i think she stabs him if i remember does she? Is that right before she stabs him? I feel like she's yeah, just happy at so. Halloween, Michael, and bah! Yeah. Yeah. So, either way, I like the line. Uh, so, Lori says, I always knew he'd come back. In this town, Michael Myers is a myth. He's the boogeyman. A ghost story to scare kids. But this boogeyman is real. An evil like this never stops. It just grows older, darker, more determined. Forty years ago, he came to my home to kill. He killed my friends, and now he's back to finish what he started with me. The one person who's ready to stop him, and I just like it because they say boogeyman a lot, and I don't think we've really heard that reference since the beginning. No, no, no. Yeah. The
0: boogeyman's coming. They really did that in the first film. Yeah, and, then and they kind of got away from it, and now, and now they're we're bringing bad. it back. And I liked that. So I like that for too.
1: obvious reasons. Also, see the title of this podcast. Uh, so I liked this scene. Michael is attacking them at Lori's house, and Karen is down in that little hidden room, and she's um, a secret. Bunker. Passageway, yeah, bunker. So Karen is saying, "I can't do it," and she's crying and making a whole scene. And so Michael wanders up, and then she says, "Gotcha!" And then bam,
0: she. I like, think that is a cool scene when she's like, "I just can't do it."
1: It's like she's and really laying and into and you're it. just
0: like, "Don't be a pussy, you just fucking shoot him, right?" Mm-hmm. And he, she pops she's just him. messing with them. Yeah.
1: yeah, she's Lori's daughter after all. Lori, when she's being interviewed by the podcasters, she says to Aaron. You don't believe in the boogeyman? And Aaron says, I believe in Michael Myers, a deranged serial killer, but the boogeyman, no. And Lori says, well, you should. As we said, it was in the taglines at the beginning, but I enjoy that too. Cause again, we get the boogeyman reference and no one is listening to Lori and what she's saying about him, which we will talk about in a second. And uh, then we have Allison talking to her friends. Um, I referenced this a little bit ago. Allison says, everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Vicky says, if I were you guys, I wouldn't celebrate either. I would just put up a Christmas tree instead. Skip Me over too. all the creepy Halloween shit, right? Does your grandma ever talk about it? And Allison says, yeah, it's pretty much all she talks about. It defines her life. She's been traumatized ever since. And Dave says, wasn't it her brother who like cold blooded, murdered all those people, all those teenagers or murdered, sorry, all those teenagers. And Allison says, no, that's just a bit, some people made up to make them feel better, I think. So there's your reference saying, this is not that movie. We're not doing that. I don't
0: know why Haddonfield just doesn't cancel Christmas, or not Christmas, but Halloween altogether. And I
1: don't know if because you noticed.
0: In the movie, they're like, what are we gonna do? Cancel Halloween? And I'm like, yeah, that's what you do.
1: But they're talking about like you should just skip it and go to Christmas, right? If you notice in the movie at the end, Karen is wearing a Christmas sweater.
0: Yes, I know, I see which that, which is hilarious. Yeah,
1: like, yep, that's what we're when gonna they, do.
0: I think when they uh, pick up, she's mm-hmm. wearing the same sweater. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah,
1: she's got a Christmas sweater. Don't on, make me so. cancel Christmas. Doctor Sartain, in his final words of the movie, says to Michael, "Say something," and then Michael crushes his skull. So still doesn't talk. Uh, loomis on the tape recording um you know like we said that wasn't actually donald Pleasant's, but you know right. it's supposed to be dr loomis so you can hear him say my suggestion is termination death is the only solution for michael there's nothing to be gained from keeping evil alive a shot of sodium thiopental would render him unconscious is that
0: really a drug
1: yeah i'll be with him to make sure his life is extinguished My ear and his chest to hear for myself that his vitals no longer function and immediately incinerate the body. It needs to die. It needs to die. It needs to die.
0: So that's a real drug. Yeah. So how much do you think it would take?
1: I don't know. I mean, you probably need all of it in the world to actually kill Michael Myers. Absolutely. Just based on Michael's past history. So really enjoy this movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really like it. Really
1: entertaining. I was saying to Robbie we were re-watching it to me we we have talked a lot about how we enjoyed the Dr Loomis character up until he passed yes and he wasn't included anymore and he's missing this movie uh, for obvious reasons he can't be here and I was just saying how it feels like they took some of the Dr Loomis character and gave it to Lori because here she is, everyone very obviously is like, this lady is batshit crazy. She's obsessed with Michael. She doesn't know what she's talking about. What is her problem? Her own family thinks that she's the sheriff
0: says that exactly.
1: They all think she's crazy. You know, she goes to watch him on the bus when he's getting moved. And it's like a whole thing. She's got this whole crazy house. She taught her daughter how to shoot when she said she was like eight or whatever you know, and everyone portrays her. as She's insane. But she's not. She's the only one who knows that he's going to come one day. And she's right. She had to wait a while. But he does. He escapes and he comes for her and he comes for the town. And she was correct. And she was prepared. And you think this huge house and all this stuff she has is a way to like isolate herself. And she's scared of the world. And then you find out at the end when they're talking about it, they're just like, they first her, her daughter and her granddaughter, like this is a cage that she's built. And then right at the end, when they're finally getting Michael down in the, the bunker and she traps him, she's just like, wait a second, it's a trap. So the whole time Lori built all this stuff was so she could trap Michael, the weird gates in her house, all of that was so she could trap him and burn him to death. I think
0: that's great when she's going room to room and mm-hmm. closing the gates yep one that's by one really cool
1: and she's got her gun and she's ready and she's not afraid to check everywhere such a difference if you're going off of the timeline from one to this one where she's hiding in the closet she's afraid of him she's running away from him she's trying to to escape and she sits crying and talking to Dr. Loomis and she's like it was the boogeyman and now she's like come on motherfucker Let's i built my house for you come on i'm waiting yeah. I got you I love it
0: yeah I agree. Love, it, love it
1: I love the development and I can see why Jamie Lynn Curtis was excited to be back to I do agree. this honestly yeah and why she wanted to kind of make this her final chapter I get it but well she who knows but I do think the decision was a good one
0: you think they won't do you you don't think she'll be back for the up and coming
1: I don't know I don't you know think if jamie just, lee curtis wants to come back or not do you
0: think anybody else could play laurie strobe besides jamie lynn curtis i
1: almost feel like can we just stop or, with the Lori storyline at this point like let's just, just
0: do something different
1: we got her settled you know she thought she killed michael we all know there's no way that he's dead but she she has her peace. let her just live her life out and michael will always be out there and ready to kill
0: kind of like sydney in the new scream
1: well, that's another thing which we will talk about when we talk about Scream 6. Yes. Um, yeah. But for this one, I I do think when we finally get there to round out the trilogy, I, I think, you know, maybe it's time to let Lori rest. And yes. let's, you let's, know, because we've done other movies,
0: some, something else.
1: Exactly. And they've done other movies without her and they're not all like terrible. But if you have the right storyline, like you have people like this who are so passionate about the franchise and the stories and the films they can put something together i'm sure that doesn't need to include Lori. absolutely so and i would say you couldn't do her daughter but not no not after the next one yeah yeah but the granddaughter maybe
0: i think i I think think they're setting her up i think something's gonna happen with the granddaughter i think she's gonna be the one that takes over and you know
1: if you want to continue that storyline at least the granddaughter makes sense but
0: that's in halloween kills
1: yes got another another movie to go no halloween ends
0: halloween ends yeah halloween kills next one is halloween Halloween kills Kills. yes Yes.
1: so what else do you want to say about this movie
0: no i thought it was very entertaining from beginning to the end Mm -hmm. love the mask um love the reboot love the story Mm i i i have no complaints about this very entertaining
1: Mm -hmm. so yes all right do you want some questions, some trivia? Sure. Okay, Okay. No, I'm just kidding, it's okay. Uh, where was Michael able to retrieve his mask?
0: From the reporter's car or the podcaster's car.
1: Yes, so the day after he escaped, he came across the service station. He killed the, all those people. Right. <laughs> A whole list of people. And then he goes and gets his mask because they had it when they did the interview. Well, they didn't do an interview. They attempted to do an interview they it's tried helpful. to get
0: a reaction out of it yeah
1: and guess what nothing happened so yeah so oh uh, well we kind of said this though where was the bunker located in lori's house
0: and, uh, under the basement but it's under it's, it's like under, under the, the, kitchen. the
1: kitchen cupboard in the yeah, middle it it's just, a just turns, secret out passageway and turns super cool oh it's my super god cool,
0: yeah
1: lori is smart very smart lady and according to lori and oh, I already said that I ruined all these according to lori and Karen lori's house was never me- meant to be a cage it was built to be what.
0: A, a stove or a, a trap b- A trap yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A bomb which, first of all,
1: we are rewatching this. And you know they get Michael down there and they're just like ah motherfucker we're gonna burn you to death right hmm and the fire starts.
0: He doesn't seem worried at all he
1: doesn't he what i love about michael is that he never reacts to anything he's just
0: very calm, right michael cool, just collected. stands there he's like all right motherfucker i'll get out of this one
1: yeah he's like all right i'm not worried i'm still gonna get you but what killed me on this was you have laurie her daughter granddaughter standing there right mm-hmm. and they're all just like oh that's such a moment right mm-hmm. michael's down there burning and i'm like bitches hello the whole fucking house is about to blow up. You got gas everywhere in the get damn the house. Fuck out. Why are you standing there? So and, they're standing there and they're standing there and they're standing there. And I'm like, get out of the fucking house. Go do this across the way. Like, get out. Drive they, away.
0: They want to see him burn. That's, I get that's it. That's the thing. But
1: I'm panicking because I'm like watching. Then they start showing how the flames are starting to go around the house. And I'm like, yeah, it's time to go because it
0: has the gas it's time to go yeah. It makes it more dramatic in the movie. It does.
1: And I really enjoyed that scene, too, where they showed her house burning down, like, all the flames, like, including the little dollhouse that looked like Michael's house. And, you know, like, how the flames come up and everything. And Mm -hmm. the the way they did that scene, I thought was very cool, too. just showing, like, the ending because it's kind of like how they've done like in the first michael myers where like they just did like shots like still shots around like the darkness and all of that mm-hmm. and now you're doing it with the fire Yeah, it was like very reminiscent of that and very cool yeah i, I liked, agree. i like the shots they did in this there was that one where before michael went in the house um who was on the phone
0: it was just some house that they were passing and
1: he looks and it, in the window
0: yes and you see his reflection
1: but all you see is the reflection very cool I really liked that and they did their classic things too like when the that dumb kid that tried to kiss Allison mm-hmm. when he was just laying on the ground being pathetic and then Michael like slowly appears in the back frame like that's the shit that people like to see right like you were saying like then you're like hell yeah there he is I knew he'd pop up soon yeah you know right yeah so it's stuff like that they kept some of the original classic Absolutely. michael moves but also switched it up a little bit and i really liked that that was very cool yep so yeah great movie
0: well guys let us know what you think of this mm-hmm. movie do you like it do you so. like it let us know in the comments below
1: mm-hmm.
0: thank you for tuning in
1: mm-hmm.
0: please like subscribe leave a comment yes please share our content it really does help out The podcast the Mm -hmm. station the channel whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say and please like and subscribe to the pixie dust twins and we
1: are moving into no we are still in march okay so we are still talking about marvel i'm sorry we're always ahead on recording so i'm trying to remember so we are still in the midst of our marvel march so we just released an episode it's very long so buckle up we're talking about all of the 2022 marvel projects that were on disney plus okay it's a long episode but it's a lot of fun i think it's yeah it's a good episode and once march wraps up we'll be moving into star wars so all right Mm -hmm. what else do we got ashley is covering i think fantasy books this month over on her podcast by ashley danielin podcast okay and then the painful truth we've got mental health um part two coming soon
0: yep yeah all right guys (laughs) thank you guys so much Really enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. You Can't Kill the Boogeyman Podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at robert1950studios and at the salmon we also have a tiktok at 1950 studios email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com don't forget everyone is entitled to one good scare have a horrific week